episode 38 of Double Taps. I'm Jay. I'm Tanner. Uh, Tanner, we yeah. just came from an engagement celebration. Yeah, what, what do you even call what we just did? An engagement party? Uh, yeah. I guess? It's sort of like a wedding shower omen. <laughs> like... Like the signal of a wedding shower? Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, this is a bunch of people coming together for a wedding shower, but to announce that we're going to have a wedding shower. Later. Yeah. It's, it was yes. kind of the vibe. A pre-shower. Uh, but we enjoyed it for our good friend Brandon, who's getting married next year. Shout out. Uh, we enjoyed some champagne, namely in the form of mimosas there. Yes, apple juice mimosas uh, for me. So that's why we're forgoing the beers today. I also had apple juice mimosas. They had the option of orange versus apple juice. We all went apple. Got to go apple. And it was it's... Because it's not traditional, better. but it is better. Yeah, it's it's just apple juice is better than orange juice. And champagne is so like, kind of like a dry white wine. Yeah. That like the sweetness of apple juice goes better than the acidity of orange juice with it, I think. I agree. Uh, so we enjoyed those. So we're just having whatever it takes to hydrate us at this point. I'm having water. This is just a old stadium cup from a Bengals game. But having it's the biggest cup I own. Kroger water. My favorite. Shout out. Tanner? Yeah. What you been playing recently? Uh, so I told you this as we were starting that uh-huh. I actually had to scrape my brain because I've not been playing much. Sure. Uh, I've been very busy the last couple of weeks. But the one thing I have played is the Steam Deck. So it's I guess this will be an impromptu Steam Deck review of sorts, sort of first impressions kind of thing. Um, I'll turn it on to let you kind of mess around with oh, it if yeah. you want. Oh, there's NBA Street. Great. Uh, just on, just on, I'm just on the proving grounds in NBA Street. Uh, let me save this really quick. But uh, yeah, I've basically... So, in between the last episode and this one, I have gone to Arizona and back right. uh, and flew on a bunch of flights yep. and sat in airports for a while, and uh, this thing came in so clutch uh, because it was something to do when I was just waiting oh, yeah. or flying. Uh, I think I use it like a lot of people use a Switch, but I never really was drawn to the portable side of the Switch. I think part of that is because it's not... It, it feels kind of... Cheap is the wrong word, but it feels like you could break it. Yeah. Like, the Switch kind of feels fragile a little bit. This thing is hefty. I can tell by looking at it. And I don't feel like I'm going to break it at all, and I feel like it's not going to get hurt. I have, like, a case for it that came with it. Um, and so I feel like it's much easier to actually be portable. I'm going to close out this game so you can mess around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the thing, one of the things I love about it is that you can emulate on it. Uh, I would be lying if I said that the, my most played game on the Steam Deck is not NBA Street, which it is. Uh, but I've even going back through there's there are certain games that I really want to try out now. One of the one of the hidden benefits of this, okay, you can you can mess around now. The little Steam button over here on the left, uh, just gets you to like a menu, and okay. you can just kind of browse around if you want. Uh, but I'm curious how you feel about how the controller and stuff feels. Um, so feel free to chime in whenever. Uh, I I really like it a lot. Uh, one of the reasons that I really like it is because with the Switch. It is its own console, mm-hmm. meaning that you have to buy everything again if you want to play it on Switch. With the Steam Deck, a lot of the games that I would want to buy on Switch and have portably, I already own on Steam, because it's yeah. probably where my biggest game library is, or at least my second biggest, my PlayStation, if not. And so, I don't have to rebuy a bunch of stuff. That's the great thing with this, is like, I have a Steam library. Yeah. I just have it. Yeah, go. exactly. I didn't have to buy anything to play on this if I didn't want to, and I'd have years worth of games to play on it. Um, I'm impressed with how uh, how controllery it feels, I yeah. guess. Because I was worried uh, with the buttons being where they are. So if you're listening to the audio version, it's a tablet with controller sides. Not mm-hmm. too dissimilar to a Switch or a big version of like a PlayStation Vita. But the, uh, the sticks are on the inside closer to the screen. And then the D-pad and the... Face buttons are directly outside of those things. Thank you, Jay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whiting. Yes, uh, and then there are also two touch pads below the sticks that, if you go into like desktop mode, work as like mouse pointers. The screen is also touch screen. Um, so there's a lot of different inputs. There's also trigger buttons and uh, bumper and trigger buttons, as well as paddle buttons on the back of the controller, yep. like uh, Xbox Elite controller has. Um, so there are a lot of inputs, but I'm surprised at how quickly I adapted to those inputs. I, the thing I was worried about most were the face buttons on the outside of the stick, but I quickly realized that uh, you don't really use the right stick and the face buttons at the same time anyway, mm. even if you're playing on like an Xbox or a DualShock controller. Uh, so that that's not really an issue I've run into. Um, Just by touching it, <clears throat> my only... I like... You're right. It feels much more substantial than a Switch. And my thing with the Switch is... 
I only want to play with the Pro Controller because I don't like the way the Joy-Cons exactly. feel. Exactly, yeah, same. I like the way this feels. I especially like the triggers. The triggers feel really nice. Yeah. The sticks and the buttons are a little high up on the face of the console for my taste. They are. But then maybe that's just a sacrifice for the touchpads, which, you know. are. Do you think the touchpads are necessary? Not re- Well, they are and they aren't. I think because this, in essence, is a computer, mm-hmm. like it is a uh, Linux computer, yeah. you can go to desktop mode in this if you want. And that's actually how you install emulators and sure. stuff. Um because of that, having it for left and right click yeah, is to really nice. maintain that functionality. Yes. Uh, I, I agree that I was worried about them being high up, but when I grab it, I naturally, my thumbs kind of do yeah, naturally It's one of those there. things that I'm sure you'd get used to it. you definitely get used to it. Now, I, I wouldn't mind them being a little lower, but uh, it's, it's you know, I think it's designed pretty well. Um, what do you think about the weight of it? Definitely feels, I agree, the heft. Yeah, some people don't like, like the weight of it, which I oh, understand, no, I, but I, I like feeling... Like, it's a substantial thing that I'm not just going to break if I bend it the wrong way. Me too. It's the same way I feel about phones. Like, I don't like phones that are ultra thin or ultra, you know, or lower, just plastic. Like, I want them to be, like, metal or glass and feel substantial. It has a better feel to me than the Switch does. Yeah. I will also say uh, that I... So, it's funny. I know it's like, what have you been playing? Mm -hmm. The games don't really matter uh, because I I just think the experience is what it is. Uh, What's interesting. And the battery life I'm really impressed with. Uh, I've... Like, I charged it the day I flew and, uh, or, like, the night before I flew, mm-hmm. and it was, I had enough battery to play almost the entirety of the longer flight. Sure. And some of the little flight and still had plenty of battery to spare. Um, so that was cool that that's at least, like, six hours, I'd say. Uh, I, I don't know exactly. It probably depends on the game you're running and, you know, there's so many factors with that, but, uh, I, I found that you can play Peggle on it, the original. I noticed it on there. So I've, I played through most of Peggle on a flight, and then, yeah, NBA Street, and I've just been trying some other stuff. Played through the first little level of God of War, the original one. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's just been really fun to have, and it's it's great to even just, like, if I want to get a little bit of that video game itch, like, before bed, sure. I can just lay down, play, like, a level in something, and then go to sleep. So yeah. I really like it. It's it's compl- My only worry now is that I don't know... Granted, not like I was playing my Switch a lot, sure. but I don't know outside of when Breath of the Wild 2 comes out that I will ever play my Switch again because I have this thing now. I don't, I mean, you know, we've talked about our sort of aversion to returning to the Switch just because it's a hassle. Yeah. Uh, and there's not a lot there. <clears throat> we'll actually be talking about a game here in a little while that maybe be the one hope of why I would come back to the Switch maybe other than Zelda. But oh, okay. We'll circle back to that. All right. Uh, for what I've been playing, a lot of the usual suspects... Some Rocket League, some Everybody's Golf, that sort of stuff. Yeah. I've thrown in a few, though, uh, trying a few random things. I played some Crash 4. Oh, what'd uh, you think? I'm on the third world. I was just feeling a sort of turn-your-brain-off platformer. Okay. Uh, just because, I don't know, there was nothing was sounding good. Horizon is still staring in my face every time I turn on my PS5, but yeah. it's just not doing it for me right now. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like it, and I like that it's not just your standard run-in-a-straight-line crash. Like, it incorporates more angles than the old retro games do. Yeah. Uh, so I enjoyed that. Played and beat one boss in Titan Souls. Oh, nice. That's uh, a fun game. I like Titan just Souls. Just dropped in, and it was like the boss that was like a big blob that, like, spawns off into a bunch of smaller ones. Yeah. It splits like a uh, Minecraft slime or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and played that, and I was like, okay, cool. I might come back and just do this periodically, go try a different boss flirt with that but the game that I really wanted to talk about that I've been playing which is the game that I texted you about the other day yes because I this is one of those that I never would have thought about or maybe even seen if I hadn't just seen the tweet from the official PlayStation account okay which is the one that I then sent to you guys right Uh, it is a game called Cursed to Golf Uh, Cursed to Golf came out I want to say on Thursday or Friday of this past week so like mid-August August 18th or 19th for those listening uh, it is basically roguelites, 2D. You ever played uh, what are those games like Doodle Golf? Yeah, where it's yeah, sort yeah. of like a 2D, but the holes are really funky, and there's like teleporters right. and all that stuff. Yeah, it's that style of golf game, but in a roguelite format where you have to beat a full 18 course, all 18 holes in a row, in mm. a certain number of strokes each to win a, like a run. That's cool. Uh, so. It opens up with, like, you're on a course and you're alive. 
you're a little it's a 16-bit really cool like animation and music is really awesome yeah and it's like oh you're on the last hole of the big championship tournament but oh there's a storm rolling in and you like get to your backswing on the last shot and lightning strikes you and you die (laughs) so you end up in a place called golf purgatory (laughs) right okay and you're meeting this guy who's like the scotsman and the scotsman is like here's where you are you're in golf purgatory and he explains to you like the mechanics and here's you have to to escape from purgatory basically you have to beat an 18 hole run of this golf course gotcha so it's Uh, golf hades basically exactly yeah and I on my first run and I did not understand that that was the conceit of the game until I got to basically the map with the the map is very similar to like Slay the Spire or even like Super Mario World where it has like the little hubs that are here's your level you move along those to click on which level you want to play yeah and you're just trying to move forward my assumption was probably that like, oh okay I'm finally to the part where I'm at the course and this is a twenty dollar game so I wasn't expecting it to be like a huge you know, deep, substantial sure, game. Sure, I get through three holes and I lose. I do not get through with the hole in the proper amount of shots that it allows me. Right. And then it sends me back. I was like, oh, it's not just retrying hole three. It sends me back. And he's like, oh, well, maybe next time you'll do better. And then he teaches you more stuff. And I was like, oh, this is a roguelite. I did yeah, not know this. That's cool, man. Um, so the idea of the game is just everything that I could have wanted given my, like, recent tastes in games, it's mm-hmm. I love those styles of golf games, very arcadey, very fun. I love the roguelite aspect of it. I've played less than two hours, so I'm not. This is not a full throated endorsement or review. Sure, sure, sure. But this has the writing on the wall to be right there in my game of the year conversation when all is said and done. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, another game that I want to try out, haven't had a chance to yet, but probably will in the coming days, maybe. Uh, Cult of the Lamb. Mm, I've, I've seen this I've, and it looks cool. I've been on this ever since. I saw the f- the trailer for it like three, four weeks ago. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this looks like perfect. Because it's got, the reason I bring it up is it's roguelite and it has some like farming sim elements yeah, like to it. Animal Crossing. Yeah. And I'm like, this is very, it sounds very Moonlighter, which, you know, is my jam. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll probably download those two games together. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll hear about those in the coming weeks. Yeah, I will definitely have a f- more full-scale review probably by the next time we record. Cool. So for the news today, for those of you listening, this is not going to apply on the day you're listening, but as of the date of this recording, okay. I just saw this tweet in the bathroom before we recorded, and I just wanted to mention it. <laughs> okay, I'm timestamping. Uh, at the time of recording, today is Bioshock's 15th birthday. I saw that. And I didn't want to bring this up for any, like, real reason, because it's not, like, a news story per se. But it's just an interesting thing to think about, that we are going to be getting a new Bioshock game sometime soon-ish. That's right. I keep forgetting that that's, like, happening uh, and in the works. There were those of. leaks uh, from 2K not too long ago, basically confirming GTA 6 and Bioshock 4 were in progress. Yeah. We don't have any formal announcements about any of those. But, like, just briefly, like, what do you want out of a Bioshock 4? a good question i so first of all the fact that bioshock still holds up as well as it does 15 years later is amazing yeah uh granted graphically the original wouldn't hold up that great but the remaster holds up really well definitely recommend it if you've Mm. never played it uh because i I, it was one of those games that i was i'm always a little apprehensive for uh quote-unquote like modern early 3d not early 3d but you know like early 360 PS3 era games because sometimes those can not hold up very mm-hmm. well uh, and it was one of those that had always just had such a great legacy and trying it for the first time whenever the remaster came out yeah that was probably five years ago now mm-hmm. uh, it was amazing and it, so if you're ever hesitant about it definitely recommend it, it still holds up um, for Bio- Bioshock 4 I don't know I really don't know I don't know that I want them to go back to Rapture I don't think so I think I don't Rapture's, think that would work I mean between Two full games and a DLC has been thoroughly explored. I agree. Um, I wouldn't mind a return to Columbia, mm-hmm. just because I love that setting. I don't think they'll do that either, though. Um, my real curiosity, I guess, is because Ken Levine's not attached to it right. at all, right? So, not saying that it can't be great. I just don't... I don't know. They've kind of done... You know, they've done underwater and above the air. Do they just do on, like... Do they go underground? Mm. Do they go, like, on the surface level? Is that a big part of it, or does it matter? Um, I just, yeah, I don't know if it's... I don't know that I want it to tie much to any other Bioshock story. I think I want it to be its own thing, 
you know, in the same tone as Bioshock, uh, but three uh, Infinite kind of wraps up that trilogy really mm-hmm. well because it does have some references to the first games without being like overtly tied to the first two. And so I think to try to like go back and be like, well, here's this one extra story. It's like, no, do your own thing, make it tonally the same, but everything else should be updated and, and different. I think the cool through line of the first three games could stay like there's always a man there's always a lighthouse See, I don't know if I want them to do that or you don't not think so? I'm not sure yet I don't know I, I I would be interested in both ways I think that would be cool but it doesn't have to tie back per se but it's just like another sort of parallel universe iteration of what it is to be in the Bioshock world sure um, but in a totally new setting that you know sort of just has those motifs yeah. that go along with it but I do hope that they Try to flex their chops and say, okay, we're going to come up with a new story, new setting, all that sort of thing. So I agree with you there. I don't want any – you never want someone – if Ken Levine was involved, I wouldn't care. Yeah. Like for them either. to like sort of pick up on some tidbit from the prior trilogy. Right. But when it's a different creative team, just don't even try to sort of touch that stuff because you just get dicey really quickly. Yeah. So. I, my, I kind of want like a really lush setting. Mm. Like lots of greenery and flora and that maybe they're in a jungle somewhere. I don't know. That's what I'm picturing in my head for some reason. Bioshock Black Ops. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, next story. Uh, this was just very recent. The Embracer Group out of Sweden. <laughs> yeah, which, what is going I, on with this? Well, I saw this at first and I was like, not quite understanding the scope. Yes. And then you do more research. The Embracer Group is sort of just a media holding group out of Sweden. They have acquired the rights to the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit trilogies and IP. So it's like they now have the right if they want, and they have alluded to this because this is what I was looking up earlier, that potentially new games Mm. and new films could potentially be in the works. Interesting. I I don't – I mean – First of all, I don't know how you buy IP like this. Like, who sold it? That's the. I also it, want it, to know that. Would it be whatever production company made it, or is it like the estate of uh, Tolkien, Tolkien? Or like, I don't know how that works. Because um, I maybe it's it could be one of those things where uh, I don't know Universal or whoever makes I don't know right. who made Lord of the Rings, but whatever production company had it was like we have the the rights to this for twenty years. And then it lapses, and then they mm. sell it again. Maybe it's one of those things. I'm not sure. But w- when I saw this, I was like, that's such a huge thing to buy. For a company that I've never heard that of. That no one's ever heard of. Yeah, that was the whole – everybody's like, who the hell is this Embracer group? Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I'm all for Lord of the Rings games. I think it's a really cool setting. Uh, and, you know, I don't know how that Gollum game is going to go. No, but I don't either. Uh, people tend to like the uh, the other Lord of the Rings games that names are escaping me right now. Uh, Middle uh, Earth. Yes, the Middle yeah, Earth Shadow games. of Mordor and Shadow of War. People like those, and that Nemesis system was really cool. Um, and I, I, I'm cool with, with games. I don't know how I feel about more movies, though. No, I... Uh, no. The Hobbit was... I only watched the first of the Hobbit trilogy and was like, okay, this is not for me. This is not yeah. my kind of thing. Uh, I know that that originally was supposed to just be one movie... And then was kind of at the last minute turned into three. And so that's why they all feel kind of slow and spaced out. So I, I just don't know. I don't know how I feel about things that are based on books continuing outside of the books. Now, I know mm-hmm. there's like the Cimmerillion, which has not been touched. I don't think maybe that's in the Hobbit. Maybe that's what the Hobbit is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know a lot about the books with Lord of the Rings. I've only seen the original trilogy and the one Hobbit movie. Um, but you know, whatever, I guess. The new thing is just make more movies all the time. Sure. Uh, although with Star Wars, did that really work? I don't know. So, I, I I don't like sacrificing old IP just for the sake of money, but if they're able to make something interesting, then okay. Yeah, I think that the games side is worth exploration. Because totally. obviously that's a proven you know point now with how successful the Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor games were. Yeah. I agree with you that movies, I mean, that first trilogy should be left as untouched as maybe any piece of media has ever been. Yeah. Uh, don't fuck around and make a sequel to Return of the King. People will go ballistic. <laughs> no, that's, um, yeah, I don't think they'll do but that. But with the, and I forget that the Amazon show that's about to be coming out pretty soon called Rings, Rings of, Power, of Power. People are excited for that. Yeah, and it's, you know, a true sort of return to that classic Lord of the Rings character-focused lore. Um, but... 
there's plenty of room in this whole world. Like you said, the Silmarillion is like just a dense dictionary of here's what it means to live in Middle Earth. Yeah. Like, take those concepts, make some interesting games. I mean, I don't think it's too far-fetched to say that if this goes as perfectly as possible, whatever mm-hmm. Embracer Group has planned, yeah. given the somewhat recent struggles of Bethesda and their open world situation, mm-hmm. that in 10 years, we could be looking forward more to the next open world Lord of the Rings game than the next Elder Scrolls. Sure. Yeah, you know? no, that's possible. That's absolutely possible. And, and like, that's a good point. As long as it's... Just don't tie it to the original trill. Like, I guess that's the thing. We don't need Frodo, Gollum, right. Bilbo. If it's... It, we're, I think you and I are on the same, uh, same boat with this, where if it's in the universe, but a different story, okay, fine. That's yeah. that's fine. You can tell that story as much as you want. Just don't retread all the old stuff. Yeah. Um, it is funny, though, that uh, I saw one of my buddies was like, in the Rings of Power trailer, two women talk to each other. And I think that's the first time that's ever happened. In Lord of the Rings. In Lord of the ever. Rings. That, like, two women just have never talked to each other in like, those movies. Whoever made the commercial was like, we're going to make this commercial pack pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, also, shout out, I was looking up the name of it. Shout out Lord of the Rings Conquest, which was a PS3 game that yeah. uh, Andrew and I played the shit out of. I feel it like was, I played, like, the first level of that, like, rented it one time. It was very fun uh, multiplayer, just, like, slashing or yeah. uh, hack and slash Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. game. So yeah, Embracer, whoever donated you the gajillion dollars it took for you to buy this, don't mess it up. Yeah, just take care of it. You just bought one of the most interesting and valuable IPs out there. Next up, Toys for Bob, the developer behind uh, the new Crash uh, 4. Yeah, that you just played. Have teased a new game. Oh. And it's unclear at this point what it could be, uh, but there's a lot of speculation being thrown around. And whether it's a new IP whether it's potentially a remake or continuation of an old IP. Mm. Uh, is there a preference? Because personally, I would go for maybe a Spyro-style game. I was wondering if they were going to do a new Spyro. Uh, yeah, I would. I, I, I think they did a really good job with Crash 4. Um, my only real critique of Crash 4, or my biggest critique of Crash 4, is that it's too big, mm. which of all the complaints to have about a game, that's not that bad. Um, but just... God, the amount of content in that game is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so they they obviously, and I even heard some of the developer commentaries with that move or with that game um, about you know they really wanted to give these like they didn't know if they would ever get to do another Crash game. So mm-hmm. like we're gonna give everybody as much as humanly possible who like Crash. And I'm like mm-hmm. that's a cool that's a cool way to do it because you do know if you never know if you're gonna get the sequel. Yeah. Again. Um, so yeah, doing that for Spyro could be really interesting. Uh, I. Th- think they worked on would they have worked on the spyro remaster that i'm not sure about because i think they had worked on the crash remaster Mm. so it wouldn't surprise me if you know it makes logical sense they went crash then spyro to go crash then spyro Mm. again um i'd also be curious what a new ip would look like from them i don't know if it would be a 3d platformer i mean that's kind of what they're built to make but you never know with studios uh so yeah I'm, i'm curious what this is yeah and i was never overly attached to any of these games as a kid i played a decent-ish amount of Spyro, yeah, uh, but never much else beyond that. So I'm not overly invested in what they're going to do next, but I am curious because they've clearly there's clearly been a demand, especially ever since the clamoring for the return of Crash yeah. and the trilogy remaster that is now being satiated and people remembering that they like these games. I'm curious to see what they do next. Yeah, me too. Is there any other IP from that era that you would want them to bring back? Oh... In the same, like, gameplay style vein? I guess, yeah. Well, this is probably not going to happen, but, I mean, Sly Cooper is probably the one. Sly would be amazing. Yeah, that's a great answer. I don't envision them partnering it in any way, Uh, but I guess... Uh, It's not outside the realm Stranger things have happened. Yeah, and, like, uh, Sucker Punch has said that they're not going to do a Sly anytime soon, so you might as well be like, well, we can make money off this IP. To make it like a second-party partnership of some kind. But I guess you wouldn't even have to do that because they were willing to let Crash be on Xbox. Right. Why not let Sly be on Xbox? Just get paid some royalties on the back end. Yeah, that could be really cool. That's a great answer (laughs) because I I know people really loved... I like the first trilogy a lot, um, and I want to play Thieves in Time at some Mm -hmm. point, and people love Thieves in Time. So it'd be cool to see another game in that realm. Yeah. Next up. We've got a slew of delays to discuss. Okay. Delay one, Hogwarts Legacy has been delayed to February 10th, 
2023. The only one with a firm release date of this slew of delays. I was going to say, didn't know it was coming out that soon, yeah. to be honest. I, was just I, saying, I guess it was slated for this holiday and got pushed. Mm, I've, uh, you know, I, I don't really care about Harry Potter. Yeah. So I've, uh, and this was, I mean, obviously even more now with how terrible J.K. Rowling has been, but also uh, before that, I never really cared about it. So yeah. I, this is not a game I followed. Um, I I don't really know what else to say about it. I'm not surprised it got delayed mm-hmm. because it seemed like, you know, it's another one of those games where we've heard about it, but we haven't seen a lot from it. Yeah. So those are the kinds of games to get delayed normally. Yeah. I'm purely in the, I want to know how it reviews camp mm. on this game. Yeah. And if it reviews in aggregate, less than like an eight on average, I probably won't even go for it. But yeah. I do love the concept of like create your own wizard and have spell duels and all that sorts of stuff. Cause I played, I want to say it was the order of the Phoenix game back okay. in the day. Okay. And kind of liked parts of it. Yeah. Parts of it were awful and like student schooly, but like with oh, Harry God. Potter characters and shit. I was like, I don't like this <laughs> persona, Harry Potter, but I love like, just like I like, Sword fighting in games, spell dueling, very similar mechanic. Sure. Uh, so, it could be great. I don't have any. I don't. I'm not optimistic at this point, though. Yeah. So we'll see. Next one, Marvel's Midnight Suns the has one been that delayed. Got the cool trailer with the, has one of the coolest trailers ever. <laughs> you love that trailer. I was, I was marking out for that trailer, and then when I learned that it was a XCOM style game, I was like, "Well, that was a waste of time." Yeah. Uh, it has been delayed to Q1 of next year. So okay. uh, they basically delayed it to next year, but because of when it is has to release for the fiscal year as of now, uh, I think they said it has to be pre-end of March. Okay. So early-ish next year. So Q1, year. yeah. And maybe the biggest one, the KOTOR remake oh, right. has been indefinitely delayed. Not a good sign. And this is gross to hear. Yeah, not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. we, we've not seen anything from it, question no, mark? nothing. Uh, so nothing other than another semi cool trailer. Yeah. Just like a teaser trailer, uh, that could have been done completely detached from anything else going on with the actual game development. Uh, so yeah, not a great sign. Uh, not, not thinking that game is going to ever come out personally. In an addendum to that, that sort of adds to that idea is that it has switched developers. It went from Asper who at the time, I think when we were talking about KOTOR, we went deep into like, who is Asper? What did they do? Yeah. It has now moved to Saber Interactive. Now, they Saber's actually have a bit stuff. of a pedigree. Yeah, Saber, I know Saber a little I bit. I was going through earlier. They did the Halo, uh, all of the remakes or remasters of all the Halo okay. trilogy, quadrilogy, all of those games. They do Just Cause stuff? Uh, let's see. I'm Maybe scrolling not. through here. I might be thinking They did NBA else. 2K Playgrounds 2. No, oh, I've played that game, actually. Uh, let's see. It's fine. It's not NBA Street. They did fine. the World War Z game a few years ago. Oh, people like that game. They just helped with the Witcher 3 uh, Switch port. Yeah, so they sort of They're have like a the, supplemental studio, yeah. right? Uh, Vampire Switch port. Mm. Let's see. I know there's a couple more in here. All of the recent you know, updates of Halo, again, that have come to Windows. Crisis Remastered. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Not Just Cause. Which, you know, y'all know me in Crisis. Crisis 2 Remastered. Crisis 3 Remastered. Oh, whoa, they did them they're all. They're just the Crisis people. So, yeah, they've got some pedigree with the remake, remaster, complete editionizing of games (laughs) like this. So, I don't know if they've ever gone back to something as old as KOTOR. Right. But, I mean, at least they have some pedigree in working with games that are already out there. About that old. That's true. That's a good point. But, I also still am not 100% clear on what the hell KOTOR even is. Me neither. I've seen... Just the people love it. I've seen a speedrun of it, and I'm just like, all right, it's a Star Wars game. Like, I don't don't know... Granted, this sounds like very... uh, ignorant of me but I don't I don't know what makes that game special sure uh, granted a speedrun is not the best way to see that but I yeah I'm curious why it has such a clamor I don't know if it's the story maybe I'm not sure I think the idea of people were just like clamoring to make their own Star Wars characters sure my, uh, be your own Jedi kind yeah. of thing yeah which I mean yeah it does sound kind of cool it is cool I mean in Jedi Fallen Order one of my favorite things about the game is customizing your lightsaber yeah that was fun so you're not a big Cal fan Nah, I mean, he was all right. He was fine. He was all right. None of the characters in that game were jump out of the screen. No, I I like the guy, (coughs) the little alien guy on your ship who always eats the soup. Oh, the little curmudgeonly guy? Yeah, and there's that one clip of him, like, during a cutscene, and he's just shaking a salt shaker the entire time. (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> like live for like three minutes. Uh, no, I don't remember any of the characters' names yeah, okay. uh, except for Cal. There you go. What's his last name? Cal Kestis. Kestis. I do remember that. Okay, I can't remember the last name. I just, oh no! Wait, the uh, the chick, the villain chick is cool. She is cool. The sister of the seventh seal, or whatever they call her. <laughs> That's not it. What She's is, the like ninth sister. Ninth sister is that what it is? All of the inquisitors, all of the like big level inquisitors are. The X number brother or sister, right? Yeah, I think it is, is how it goes. What is sister of the seventh seal? Is that I have like a, no idea that what book? that is. You've just come up with that. Yeah, she has the ninth sister. Yeah, she's the ninth. Did yeah. I get that yeah, right? Yeah, you got the oh, number wow. right. Because then there's the fight with like the third sister, I think, who's like the big alien lady. Oh no, wait, ninth sister is the big alien. Okay, lady. that's the big alien lady. That fight's great on that, that is, jungle that, planet. That is a cool. I'm now trying to find. Is she the seventh mm. sister? Maybe the... Nope, seventh sister. Second. Is it the second, second sister? sister? I'm just going to look up Fallen Order Sister. I don't know why. Fallen I'm... Order Sister. <laughs> uh, I feel like it was alliterative or something. That... She is the second sister, okay. not the seventh sister. There you that's, go. Yeah, that's what that I That makes sense. Trilla Suduri. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> She's awesome. Last story here. This isn't even a specific news story. There's just been a lot in the goings-on of this game. That we haven't got to talk about, okay. so I wanted to talk about it. All right, it's not even technically one game because it's two, and it's Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> oh right, okay. Uh, and I've just pulled up an article here. Uh, this is from Michael Beckwith from the Metro UK. This is everything, every confirmed Pokemon and open world feature. So this is basically everything that we know so far. Okay. Uh, about this next generation of Pokemon games, and I'll scroll down here to basically the list. I also just realized I have no idea what the big topic is today. It's coming from this. Okay. Oh, okay. All, right. All right. Cool. <laughs> uh, so Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. First off, it says, how open is it? While previous entries in the series have always been set in a vast region, you had to explore them in a set order with little opportunity to deviate from the path. Scarlet and Violet, however, the Pokemon company brags, you can explore at your leisure and not in an order dictated by the story. Okay, cool. Uh, the traditional gym challenge, for example, has returned, but unlike other games, there's no set order that you need to complete them in. That's cool. That is cool, but it makes you wonder how... Are they going to be, like, adapted to your levels? Oh, good question. Like, if you go here, are they just going to know, oh, this is an underleveled team, so we're going to give them the underleveled version of this gym? It must scale, right? That's At what I would assume. Sort of, yeah, it would have to. That's a really cool idea. It is. And would make it much more replayable, because it's like, oh, I'm going to do the exact opposite order next time and just right. see what Pokemon come yeah, out. Yeah, what if I save the Rock Gym for last instead of first? There will also be two other storylines separate from the gym challenge. You can tackle these in any order, too. So you can take a break from the gym battles to progress other storylines, and vice versa. So a side story in a Pokemon game. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Uh, Pokemon Has that ever Violet. happened before? Outside of, like, little Well, it's like it runs concurrently. Like, you'll have the story with, like, the villain arc or whatever. Oh, sure. Yeah, But yeah, it's yeah. like you beat a gym, and it's like, oh, now you have to beat them to <laughs> right. get to the next gym <laughs> right, and, right, like, right. whatever. Now Team Rocket's back. Yeah. Have, to my knowledge, they've never had them separate. That's kind of really. cool. Uh, what region... Are these games set in? Uh, the region is called the Paldea, P-A-L-D-E-A. Sounds like a dish. Uh, which is very clearly inspired by Spain and Portugal. I, yeah, that's cool. I, I noticed that in the trailers. It's described as a land of vast open spaces and will feature an array of different environments from grassy plains and lakes to sandy deserts and a snow-topped mountain. You telling me I could have paella and Paldea? <laughs> <laughs> when it says that, though, it's like grassy plains, lakes, sandy deserts, and mountains. That sounds like every Pokemon game ever. <laughs> or every game ever, yeah. Pretty much. Every, every open, open world, world game. game. Uh, let's see. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, is there co-op multiplayer? Yes. What? There will be a traditional multiplayer options letting you battle and trade with friends and strangers. Okay. In another first for the series, however, you'll be able to experience the games in co-op. Up to four players will be able to explore the region as a group, although the exact details of how it will work haven't been fully explained yet. That's kind of cool. How did that work, though? I how don't know. Up, other than other than exploring the same world, but not maybe like asynchronously, yes, and then yeah, you yeah, can yeah. meet up and battle. I don't think it means four people literally traveling together. Like our together, players walking together. But, I mean, if it does, that's still kind of cool. It's a, you can have your own, like, Ash, Misty, and Brock. Yeah, yeah, That would yeah. be kind of cool. That would be neat. <clears throat> uh, how many new Pokemon are there? So far, we know about 11. Technically 10, as one of them is a regional form for an existing Pokemon. Okay. So far, we've got Sprigatito. 
<laughs> I'm gonna. This is gonna be great. Just read yes, these names. Yes, it is. Sprigatito, grass type, one of the three starters. Okay. Fue Coco. Wow, they're really leaning into the Spanish thing with Ito and Fue. Fire type, yeah. one of the three starters. And Quaxly, Q-A-X-L-Y, water type. Yes, yes I've seen that with the toupee. But and then the you toupee. have Lechonk. <laughs> have you seen Lechonk? I have I'm seen I'm like, Lechonk. no way you haven't seen That's Lechonk. That's the pig, right? Yeah. yeah. Smoliv, S-M-O-L-I-V. Uh, grass and normal type. Is it a is it a fucking olive? I is don't it know. a small olive? I don't know. I don't have images, <laughs> just names and types in front of me. If it's a small olive, go, go, small olive. Look at that. Yeah, up. I'm gonna. Okay, here's we're gonna take because uh, we knew what the four, first four looked like. Right. Uh, so yeah, do, are we in agreement agreement that it's an olive? Do you have a do you okay, have another it's guess? Grass and normal type. So it makes sense that it would be an olive, but small olive. I'm gonna guess this is a no. S M O L O V, S M O L I V. Oh, okay. So even closer to olive. It is. Yeah, no, it's probably just some kind of plant that looks like an olive. It's like a badoo. <laughs> it is absolutely just an olive. Yep, that is absolutely. There's a literal olive on it. I'll head. put it, I'll put it on the screen. <clears throat> Palmy, P A W M I, electric type. Gotta Sounds be a like dog. Paw. Well, I guess it could be a dog. I was thinking cat. Oh yeah, good. yeah, either one. But we also had like Lux Ray in Gen Four, so but it's this is like Gen Nine at this point, so I don't know. I don't know how much at this point they're trying not to repeat. <laughs> I, what the hell is that? I don't. It looks like a chinchilla, kinda. But it looks like a Pikachu cousin. It does. Kinda. It's very fluffy. It's meant to be very cute. Yeah. It kind of looks like a fox and a chinchilla had a baby. <laughs> We've got C Titan. I don't know how this is pronounced, but C E. Titan. Okay. Yes, a Titan. Ice type. Uh, Fido, fairy type. Paldean whooper. <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay. Uh, poison and ground type instead of water and ground. Oh, interesting. And then we have the two legendaries, which are Coridon and Miridon. And these are the ones that can turn into motorcycles. Exactly. I've seen that. I was going to bring that up because I guess they're... They probably will lean into like the wide open spaces part of the map wide if the point is that the legendaries spaces. are motorcycles that can carry you across the map very quickly. Yeah. Uh, which Pokemon are coming back? They said it's very unlikely that every Pokemon will return for the new games, considering Sword and Shield didn't, and now there's over 900 new or total Pokemon. Jesus. Uh, between all the footage and screenshots shared thus far, we do know of at least 170 Pokemon that will make a return. Wow. Feel free to find this article. They're listed here if you care that much about every individual Pokemon. <laughs> that's that that's going to be the in fun, this game. man. I don't want to know. Yeah, I'm going to scroll quickly. I bet Pikachu's not in it. How does the gym challenge work? When you While you can battle the gyms in any order, there'll be the usual number of eight gyms. Okay. Once you have all eight, you can partake in a test called the Champion Assessment. <laughs> and if you pass, you'll achieve Champion Rank. So this just so sounds it's not an elite four situation. But you also could just call the elite four. This is the champion's assessment, <laughs> sure, yeah, and then that's you beat true. the champion. Now you've got the champion rank. Yeah. So who knows what that actually means? It says they haven't shared details on exactly what this is yet. Okay. <clears throat> so far, only one gym leader has been revealed: an ice type user and former professional snowboarder called Grusha, whose main Pokemon is Sea Titan. They sound gnarly. This headline has thrown me for a loop. Oh, no. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. What is terrastalizing? <laughs> what? Terrastalizing is the new battle gimmick for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, replacing Sword and Shield's Dynamax mechanic. Okay. Instead of turning giant, your Pokemon gains a shiny crystal-like appearance. Terrastalizing also activates your Pokemon's Terra type, a secondary type that is otherwise dormant and only applies while they've transformed. All right. It sounds just like Dynamax, but different. Yeah. And I'm going to circle back to a discussion of things like this once we get through this article. Okay. Uh, will, <clears throat> will raid battles return? Yes, raid battles from Sword and Shield are back, are now called Terra Raid Battles. Of course. They function mostly the same and have you and three other trainers battle a single, especially powerful Pokemon. Uh, let's see. The Pokemon that are exclusive to each, this is a very short list right now because they are... Basically, the dragon-type Pokemon are a lot of them, or yeah. one game or the other. Larvitar, Pupitar, Tyranitar okay. are Pokemon Scarlet. Stonejourner? 
What? Is this a reference to Sojourner? Is this Sojourner Truth? Stonejourner, S-T-O-N-J-O-U-R-N-E-R. Stonejourner is a Pokemon Scarlet exclusive. Oh, it's this thing. I've seen this thing. Oh, the Stonehenge-looking one. Yeah. Uh, and then Coridon is the Scarlet Legendary. And then Bagon, Shellgon, Salamence are mm-hmm. Pokemon Violet, along with Eiscu, E-I-S-C-U-E, and Miraidon, their exclusive Legendary. For the first time in the series, the Professor character who gives you your first per- Pokemon will also change depending on which version you are playing. Ice-Q. Oh, no. What the hell? <laughs> it's a penguin. Why the hair? It's a penguin with an ice cube on his head. Lord. Like, uh, <laughs> sorry. We've laid out. You can ride Pokemon. They're going to be freaking motorcycles. Yep. Uh, let's see. Will there, will there be voice acting? None of the gameplay footage released so far has featured any voice acting, so it's safe to assume they will remain sadly voiced. It's never going to happen. Uh, let's see. And then when do they launch? Right now, scheduled for launch, November 18th. Damn, that's soon. It is soon. And that was why I was like, this is the one that, I, you know, you always have the little itch. Yeah. New Pokemon, new generation coming around. After a couple of humbling generations, hopefully. Yeah. Maybe they've sort of righted the ship or have something new and creative to offer, which it seems like there is some new ideas coming out here. Sure. But... The big topic, and it's not a huge topic, <laughs> okay. is I want us to take ourselves back to when we were, but we children, yep. you know, partaking in our beloved Pokemon Fire Red, you know, Emerald Generation, Hell all yeah. of those games. And I played prior to those, you know, dabbled and all the way back to OG Red and Blue. Yeah, I had, yeah, I had Red and Blue too. Over time, or red. so many features have been added to this series. Yes. Uh, I just have a list of a few of them. Uh, we can discuss any more that come up, but I just kind of want us to think like, what are the good and the bad? What needs to stay? Mm. What needs to go? Okay. What is there? Are some that have already gone that they have removed? Yes. Uh, some of the things that like, how can we craft the better Pokemon future? Okay. So let's micromanage the shit out of it. All right. <laughs> First up, and the one that people complained about forever until they finally removed them, and this could just be a sort of posthumous roast. Of HM's hidden moves. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> the fr- uh, just the way HM's makes sense in a way. Okay, but it's just <laughs> I guess HM's and TM's are different. Yeah, HM's fundamentally. HM's are the ones that are like the moves that move rocks. Right. Or- cut. Swim, cut, or, swim, cut, surf, surf, Hold on. not swim. Let's yeah. do this. Okay, cut, yeah. surf, yeah, fly, yeah, uh, rock smash, yes, strength, yes, waterfall. In a couple of games, there was a waterfall. That's right. Yeah. Um. Uh, whatever the flashlight one is. Flash. It's just called flash. Yeah, I think. Um, I think it is flash. Is that it? I think there were seven or eight. That might be it. There might be yeah, more out there. Those are dumb. I, <laughs> I, I, the thing that always sucked about them is having to have an HM slave. Mm. Which, if you if you're not familiar with Pokemon terminology, is basically you have a Pokemon in your party who can do a lot of these moves that you need for story reasons. So every now and then you just put them in your party, but they are pointless outside of the fact that they can do these things. Mm-hmm. The thing that are bad about HMs is that they take up a move slot of a move that you would use a lot more in battle, but they were ne- necessary for the story. Right. Uh, and yeah. you couldn't just override them with a TM, which were technical moves that you could add into a Pokemon at any time. You had to go to a random dude oh, in a house right. somewhere. Yeah, that, he was like the HM guy. Yes. And he'll... Make your Pokemon forget the HM. Yeah. They were, that was so stupid. That was really dumb. Um, and yes, I guess I get because of the limitations of game design that they were like, hey, we just need to put a tree in your way. <laughs> right. We so need to Castlevania can't advance this. this until you do something else. Yeah. So I get it. But clearly game design has moved to a point where that is unnecessary. For sure. And I don't remember exactly what generation they phased out HMs. It happened a few back, but mm-hmm. it's a good thing that they did. Agreed. New types. Mm. So, from the original games, there was no dark and steel type. 
Those didn't come along until Gen 3, I think? Sounds right. Uh, I know the Dark type was... Well, actually, those might have come along in Gen 2 because Steelix was Gen 2. Oh, right. There are some Dark types, I think, in Gen 2 as well. And, I and guess then some those, Pokemon were like retroactively made right, dark. Right, Uh And it's like, those I'm like, I guess it's fine because I feel like I got grandfathered in. Yeah. Like, those were just always around for me. Yes, like, same. I, I don't remember really a time when there was not a Steel and a Dark type. Right. But then there was Fairy type. Yes. That came along, I want to say, it, I don't remember, Gen 6, like and X and Y. Ice wasn't originally part of it, right? You're right. Ice was new as well. Yeah. Uh, and then I think Dragon was officially made one around the same time as Dark sure. and Steel, maybe? So but Yeah, Fairy's the one that I always have to look up the weaknesses yeah. for. Because all the other ones I know, like the back of my hand, and it's always fair. I'm like, what is Fairy yeah. weak to? And I know Fairy was basically created to nerf Dragon. Yes. Like, it's just designed because Dragon was so OP. But it was also like, that was kind of the cool thing about the Dragon type. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. They're dragons. Like, they're yes. supposed to be, like, the most powerful Pokemon out there. Right. Now, and I think it was cool that Dragon is good against Dragon. Like, yeah, that's yeah. That's so me. you always have that sort of in the back pocket, but yeah. fairy, may, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't really care. I don't either. It's you fine. know whatever. So new types. I don't want them to start adding types. No, because the no, no, no. you know super effective web would get so complex if we added just a. few It already more. is kind of complex. It is already kind of complex. Uh, so just stop while you're ahead. Don't get too crazy. Mega evolutions was rock. Oh. Originally part of it was, or was everything so. just ground? I think rock because I want to say that Brock is rock. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Or maybe you know. it's I, I might be wrong. Anyway, go ahead. Mega evolutions. Yeah, not a fan. And so this is different from the Dynamax stuff. This is, you know, the more s- small scale, but still like a new form for basically a Pokemon. And I tend to agree, I'm not a fan. I don't uh, like any of the. Because I want to say that Mega Evolutions and Dynamax work the same way, right? They're like I've per- never played a game with Dynamax. I've Let never played a game that. with Mega. Okay. So, because that one was Sun and Moon, right? I think. I think it was X and Y. Was it really? Oh, I played X and Y. I want to say that like I could do like Charizard. Yes, because the but it's like per battle, right? Right. It's like you don't have just a Mega Evolve Charizard. It's right. just in the battle you can Mega Evolve. Charizard goes Super Saiyan. Right. From exactly. The which is basically the same thing as Dynamax. Right. But the th- the difference with Dynamax is that you have to be in a Dynamax battle, I think. is the I can't remember. Um, but, yeah, I don't like any of these, like, one-time use evolution things. Yeah, I'm not I agree a fan. with that. Um, and I want to say it was X and Y because there was the two forms of Mewtwo. There was, like, the X form oh, and the Y right. form. Oh, that's right. That's right. One was a fighting focus and one was even more, like, psychic focus. That's right. Um, yeah, it's just... It feels... It feels gimmicky. It I does. guess there's nothing else more to say about it than it just feels supremely gimmicky. And then like, oh, you mega evolve and they mega evolve, and it's the same battle. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't get why it would be more fun. If anything, I think the cooler thing would just be to allow Pokemon's to just look different. Mm. Like have a Charizard. I mean, like this has always been a thing with people like shiny hunting. It's right. obviously cool to have shinies. Just make shiny like a normal thing, and have there be like five or six color variations of Pokemon. Sure. Yeah. Uh, instead of having to turn Charizard freaking black and blue whenever right. he mega evolves, because like why would he do that? Yeah. He has been orange since he was a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm with you on the Dynamax, whatever the hell. I think it was, is it just Dynamax? Is there another one? I don't know. I looked up Gigantamax because I couldn't remember. Oh, there what it is was called. that Gigantamax is a thing. So. Yeah, they all suck. Yeah, they all suck. Like it, and I've never played the raid battles. Does that have anything that plays into the Gigantamax yes, stuff? Yes, I think I can't remember if it's Dynamax or Gigantamax, but yeah, normally at least in the, what I played of Sword and Shield, uh, the raid battles were against a Dynamax Pokemon or whatever. So like, I get it to make it more like a boss fight mm-hmm. that that it's like that, but I don't know. I just it just doesn't appeal to me. I agree. Regional variations of Pokemon. So, like, in the... This was big when the... Whichever... Sun and Moon, I it think, was, was Sun like and Alolan Moon. Yes. Pokemon. Where this island, for some reason, <laughs> had different looking versions of certain Pokemon. Yeah. This, to me, has a similar, like, why does this have to exist? Yeah. To me, that... When that happened, I was like, oh, 
they are creatively bankrupt. Yeah. They don't know what to do, so they're just reskinning old Pokemon and making it like a feature. Yeah. It's like, eh, I don't care. I just don't feel like that was ever the problem. Like, why feel the need to get more creative with the design of the Pokemon and not the design of the world? Right. Or the fights. And like, yeah. And you keep creating new Pokemon. Eventually, you're going to create some good ones. Yeah. Like, just keep going with that. Populate. There's millions of animals. Yeah. You've got plenty of room to work with. (laughs) Yes. Um, And and household objects, apparently. (laughs) Create more interesting. (laughs) Fucking Vanillux. Battles. Worlds, gym, design, like all that sorts of stuff. I feel like that's where they should be focusing, even though it hasn't been. But that doesn't make them any money, see? They want people to buy plushes of all these things. Uh, I I agree, because I I have seen... So, I've talked about Pokemon Unbound a little bit. Uh, I've seen a playthrough of it, which is a like a, a ROM hack of, mm-hmm. of a Pokemon game. And some of the stuff they do in that is so creatively different and way more interesting than a mainline Pokemon game has done. For example, um, like part of it's like there's a darker tone, which is fun, but not really why it's interesting. Sure. But all of the gym battles have like restrictions. And so like, uh, I can't remember exactly what it is, but for example, like ground is strong against electric, right? Yep. So there's an, in the electric gym, all of the Pokemon are levitating, so ground is not effective on them. So then you have to be more creative about how you attack. And it's just like little things like that can make the game so much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Like just a little bit of a difficulty spike where it's more of a puzzle on how you... And not I'm not talking about the fucking ice puzzles that you have to yeah. move around to. Screw those things. But, you know, like actual logic puzzles and how you approach the fight. Or there was one that's like every gym battle is a double battle mm-hmm. as opposed to a single battle. And like just very creative ways of approaching the gyms, uh, I think could really ramp up the quality of a, a new Pokemon game. Yeah, I agree. The last one here, which is sort of a loose one because there's always been lore in Pokemon. Sure. But I feel like they really started leaning into the lore around like gen four, gen four being Palkia and Dialga and Arceus. Mm. Cause you've created a Pokemon whose whole thing is that he created the universe. Yeah, he's God. God as Pokemon. Right. This seems a little too much. I agree. Like, Pokemon are meant to be, well, you know, vanilla ice cream cones aside, (laughs) animals, like, predominantly. They're meant to be, like, the animals that populate this fictional world. Right. Like, they're not deities. They're (laughs) not, like, there can be, like, very legendary rare ones. Sure. But I don't need them to be... Like gods among spiritual, animals. Yeah, yeah, it's so strange to me that they started leaning into that at least as hard as they did. Yeah, I agree. Know? That's not not my kind of thing. Yeah, and like ones like Giratina, that's like a ghost. That's different. Like, <laughs> you know, you're going into this little alternate dimension, or whatever, and he's just kind of there. He's just kind of like a ghost dragon. Like, that's literally his typing. Yeah, but yeah, ones like Arceus and some of these more recent legendaries that are just literally like Greek pantheon type people right gods whatever yeah i'm like that seems a little shark jumpy yeah uh, it does so yeah not a huge fan of that keep it simple stupid yep no maybe no video game franchise <laughs> ever could benefit more from sticking to the mantra of keep it simple stupid than pokemon yeah true that's all i've got for our pokemon discussion <laughs> that was any our last thoughts pokemon soapbox no i i i think yeah i i just I don't think that the entire reason to play a Pokemon game is the Pokemon themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, that's a big reason, but you know there have been games that have been successful, like Nino Kuni, where that have taken the idea of Pokemon and just kind of changed it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and I think that like the formula of Pokemon is why I keep coming back. There's no other game quite like it, mm-hmm. and so it's not necessarily that I want this new cute fox thing. It's that I want to play a Pokemon game and I want to be a little more challenged maybe than I have before. Yeah. And so that would be my biggest change, I guess. Yeah. Mine was always, I want to play through the game organically with whatever team sort of comes to me. Mm-hmm. But then I want to play the game again with a different group. Mm. Like I liked chasing different combinations of Pokemon just to see how well they yeah, work as a team. St- choosing a different starter. So then, you know, how easy or hard that makes the first gym and what Pokemon you're influenced to catch after that. Sure. That sort of strategy as you go along your built team building process, I always thought was the most interesting part. So yeah, that's why I didn't need all of this bonus stuff 
that is Pokemon specific. I just needed more interesting Pokemon to find and then interesting ways to use them. Sure, that's so. fair. And I, I I just don't like it feels like they like the uh, Pokemon company feels like they or Game Freak, I guess, needs some new gimmick every game. Yeah. And it's like you don't. You like people are playing Fire Red still. Like the formula works. Just trust it. Yeah. Well that's what the I think they obviously had the realization with Legends Arceus that like people are craving open world Pokemon Mm -hmm. and you can have the literally entire gameplay be identical to the old games but the world design be different and that could be your gimmick yeah totally like your parts of your game have been so outdated update them that'll be your gimmick yeah it doesn't need to be a combat gimmick like Dynamax or this crystallizing thing whatever it's called so at this phase I guess last question what is your likelihood at this stage that you think you'll buy one of the new Pokemon games? Uh, depends on how it reviews, but sure. I, I would say like 6 out of 10. I'm probably not going to do it. Okay. What if it reviews as like 9 plus this is the best Pokemon game since like Gen's like 4 5-ish? Like, I, I would get it then, I think? think. Yeah. I mean, there's always a chance with Pokemon that just it hits at the time that I have the yeah. itch and I buy it, but I don't know. I Sword and Shield was so underwhelming for me mm-hmm. that I'm like eh, maybe, maybe if I have the Pokemon edge I might just go play Unbound or, or sure. just a, an older game again That's what, I want to crack open emulators because there's several old ones that I've never or not even old I want to play Heart Gold and oh Heart Gold so good dude Soul Silver yeah it's hard to uh, say so I might have to get to that before I even come back to the mainline series yeah but I'm with you that it's even less so. I feel like I'm even further away from my Switch than you are, especially now. Yeah. Or, well, not especially now that you've got this, but, you know, I don't have any desire to go back to the Switch. I don't think this is going to move the needle. I hope I'm wrong, but that's sort of where I'm at. Yeah, I agree. So, Tanner, do you have a recommendation to uh, I'm I'm going to officially recommend the Steam Deck. All right. Uh, I have put it to use enough now, and, uh, like, you know, I think flying or traveling of any kind is the best case best use case scenario for Mm it uh but i also really like something i did mention earlier like i really like just throwing something on on the tv and playing on my steam deck as i would you know a a second screen kind of experience um and i'm just really impressed with how well it runs everything uh and like my suggestion my actual like recommendation would be getting the model that i have Mm. because i got so there are three tiers there's like a lower tier with less memory uh, a middle tier with like middle amount of memory and then a, a, a higher tier with more memory. Obviously if, if you can afford it, go for the, the deluxe one, but uh, cause it has a couple other things like better glass in the screen and stuff. Mm-hmm. But honestly, this is enough memory with a micro SD card, which are cheaper than they've ever been. Uh, so I, you know, I just kind of supplemented with a micro SD card and it's been wonderful. So I really like it. Uh, I'm, I can kind of go back and forth on portable gaming things at all. And I'm really into this one. So. Sure. Well, I'm holding off on Curse to Golf okay. until I get some more time. Sure. My recommendation is Lion Trees. What? Did you watch this TikTok that I sent a few weeks ago with Lion Trees? Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. The golfer? Yes. Yeah. So, on TikTok, specifically on a <laughs> wow. channel that's thammer.tv, mm-hmm. there is a character in one of the, I feel like it's... 2K golf game yeah. like from a year or two ago. Uh, someone has created a character by the name of Lion Trees. Lion Trees always seems to find himself in some very specific predicaments. This is the Colombo description from last <laughs> yeah. week again. And the TikTok is basically just he needs to hit this shot to like for X thing to happen. But it's one of those like auto generated like narrators for the text. Yeah. So it's just like this is Lion Trees. <laughs> He needs to hit this hole in one, or his family will be eaten by fucking sharks. <laughs> like it's yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that, and then he'll hit the tee shot, and all of these holes that he's playing. I keep, I'm, I'm like, I want to, I want lion trees to be a real person. Okay. So, all of the holes are like created by someone because they funnel to the cup at the end. Right. So like everyone, I'm like, if you hit a half decent shot, it's gonna be a hole in one. Yeah. 
So it's just like, but then they'll hit it, and then this is always the part that makes me laugh. It's like, Lion Trees has just hit a fucking piss missile, but he still needs it to bounce right to save his family. And then it's like, oh my fuck. Like, just random, like, little interjections that make me laugh as the, eventually ends up as one of those, like, where you drop the quarter into the big giant spiral and you just see it right. go around the ball yeah. will just be like toilet, toilet ball eventually coming around back to the hole and it's just like lion trees has fucking done it again like, <laughs> and now there's oh. the, the lion trees universe is expanding oh no there's a panther forest <laughs> <laughs> awesome I, tell, I know there's panther forest and he's like lion trees is arch nemesis because okay. it's like panther forest will be playing and he's like, Panther Forest wants to hit this hole in one to fucking kill Lion Tree's sister. Like, <laughs> all of them make me laugh. So just go, and they they've broken them down into like sagas. They've got like playlists oh of sagas for the golfers. So go to thammer.tv on TikTok to look at the you know absolute legend that is Lion Trees and the entire cast of characters therein. All right. It's a little bit of a rabbit hole, yeah. but it is a little bit video game related. It is. We love we love those little so, little loophole suggestions. On that note, enjoy yourselves. Play some golf, real or fictional. That was my thing today. <laughs> How many times have we ended the podcast with something about golf? <laughs> Not enough for my taste, but you know. <laughs> yeah, true. Anyway, see you next time. We're tapping in.